Welcome to another episode of Film Panic. This is the competitive movie podcast where we competitively do movies. Um, <laughs> I think that's that, that. Anybody have a better description than that? I think, <laughs> nah, that, was, man. <laughs> that was. I think that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, here we 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 debate film. Um, I guess was would be a better elevator pitch. Uh, with me today is me versus Tariq. Me being um, nostalgic. Tyler. Uh, I do stuff on the internet i make videos and uh Tariq, what do you do man i do the same thing i do animation appreciation videos uh and i am currently in the middle of my brace face binge watch i've watched 77 That's a normal sentence i've watched 77 episodes of brace face i'm on 78 <laughs> 78 I'm is the last episode were... i'm saving it i'm surprised there was <laughs> that many episodes of brace face oh, so, so am I. that was my first thought my first thought was i can't believe there was is that like what two face. seasons or three seasons they had three seasons and 26 episodes a piece each season oh man well, i'm a little surprised you're a brave man i'm not gonna lie you had a yeah, wild yeah. run it's a good show good show the main character is the worst part of the show she's a bad person but yeah she got a brace face you know what i watched, <laughs> you know what I watched the other day i watched <laughs> i watched uh i watched uh spike lee's inside man the other day it made me want to rob a bank I'm thinking about it. I'm you watched Inside it Man? <laughs> I have like yeah. I have so many friends that love Inside Man. I never got to see Inside I, Man. I like Inside Man. It was a good movie. It just it made me realize that like maybe Robbie Banks could be fun. You know, I feel like you know this is is going to be used. I'm going to be on the stand somewhere. And this is going to play. This audio is going to play. The GTA like games make it look fun. <laughs> GTA does make it look fun. Makes it anyway, too easy. GTA makes everything look fun though. GTA does make crime look very easy. I have a funny feeling I wouldn't be able to pull off. Uh, very many crimes quite quite as easy. I don't think I would be able to get a tank as fast as Nico can. No, and I certainly don't think I would be able to run through the airport and hop in a private plane and just take off. I don't think that's going to happen. So I feel like someone. I feel like people don't leave the keys in those things. You just don't you know? believe in yourself hard enough. I guess. I guess that's the case. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, today uh, Jordan's hosting. Jordan is has a channel called Pickle on YouTube. Um, we'll talk about all true. this stuff at the end though pickles amazing um but yeah it's, it's a new round format jordan you want to lead us into round one what are we talking about today jordan what are we talking about disney movies animated disney movies yeah you guys are talking about animated disney movies and we're going to start off with round one which is where you each have five minutes to discuss the underrated disney movie the most underrated three disney questions film. two more questions coming up two different questions i guess we should have explained this because this is the first time we're using this format three rounds three different questions three different debates you guys decide the winner uh if you're listening on all podcasting services if you're not on patreon you can get up get these podcasts a two weeks early on patreon and on top of that you get voting rights so you you guys vote for the winner each week there are standings um karsten uh lost last week for those of you interested uh i think as of right now the voting is middle eight has uh 68 of the vote but there's still time to vote there's still, if you're on the Patreon, there's still like six more days to vote on the winner. And remember, all these results really matter. Uh, they go into the playoffs, they see the playoffs, and a champion will be crowned the other season. So let's start with round one. Jordan, leave in. All right, round one. We have five minutes on the clock. What is the underrated Disney movie you are going with, Tyler? Okay, see, we didn't know. Who's... All right, all right. Yeah, I'm bro. Ready. Clock, clock started? Yeah, bro. Uh, whatever, you're ready. Okay, so for me, the most underrated Disney movie, me and Tariq originally were going to make a full hour-long podcast about this. I thought yeah, it was really going to be the whole it. thing. It was going to be the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then we decided, wait a minute, maybe these two movies don't deserve this. It, but, but for me, I think, if here's how I define an underrated movie. 
does it get as much respect as other movies of its kind? Mm. Is it as viewed as other movies of its kind? In this case, as other as much as other Disney movies. And does it get the respect that other Disney movies get? Mm. For me, this was easy. It was Emperor's New Group. That's what it was. Now, I know Teresa will come at me and be like, oh, we got a TV show. We got a TV show. I know, got a TV show. And it's a sequel. It got a TV show and a sequel. But no one cares about Emperor's New Groove. First off, Emperor's New Groove is a genuinely good movie. It, it's certainly... It's phenomenal. It, it's phenomenal. At a time when Disney was kind of struggling, I think, to find an identity and a voice after that kind of Renaissance 90s period, uh-huh. I think Emperor's New Groove was kind of a good step in the right direction. It was, okay, we don't need to make princess movies. We don't need to make... Um, these kind of very structured and at times archaic feeling films. We can do something totally different. We can turn a prince into a llama and have the romance be between him and a big fat dude. That's that's pretty much what the Emperor's New Groove was. And it was so well written. It's so funny. It's so, it's it, so it, funny. It, it's so, anim, animation is excellent. But importantly, it's, it's really a colorful, engaging movie. The reason I think it's so underrated is that I don't think anybody appreciates that stuff. And I, I know Disney doesn't. Tariq brought up a good point on the phone earlier. Really messing up his own debate. <laughs> Disney, the, the Disney parks do not care about Emperor's New Groove. You are no. not going to walk into Magic Kingdom tomorrow. You shouldn't walk into Magic Kingdom At tomorrow. At all. Don't go. Please don't go. <laughs> don't, don't go right now. I don't care if they require masks. Don't go. But you're not going to walk into the Magic Kingdom tomorrow and see... Emperor's, you're not going to see a, a Cusco plushie in the store. You're not going to see, you know, a Kronk a, a a pin in the, in the pin section. Disney has basically abandoned this thing. You're not going to see any shout-outs about it. They're, they're not going to re-release it on Blu-ray in one of, in one of their series, their Diamond Edition, Signature Edition, whatever it is. You're not going to get a, you're not going to get an anniversary edition no. at this point of this movie. Disney has treated this movie like it basically didn't exist, which is weird because it did get Emperor's New School, which is a spin-off TV show on Disney Channel, which was fine. And it did get a sequel, uh, Kronk's New Groove, which was also fine. Um, <laughs> but it, but it never, it never got. It doesn't get any. If you look at the list, all right, these are the best Disney movies, right? Whatever they are, let's just say Beauty and the Beast, Lion King. I'm not here to imply that Emperor's New Groove is a film of that caliber. It's not, but it's certainly not too many notches below that. It's, it's. It was one of the first moments I can remember as a kid watching a Disney movie and being able to identify this is original, right? This Hmm. feels like something new. This feels like something unique. It's not a princess movie. It's it's not Lion King. It's not Beauty and the Beast. It's not all these things. This is something that came out of left field for me as a kid and really from Disney. And I think it was Disney saying, okay, we know that Atlantis did not slap. It's a good movie, but like we, we know that these movies are not performing the way we want them to. What if we find a middle ground between, holy shit, what is this movie, and Beauty and the Beast? Where, where is that middle ground? And they did. They took the structure of what's traditionally a princess film, mm-hmm. kind of like The Princess and the Frog to an extent, and were able to manifest something that was, I think, maybe for boys a little bit more, for, for young uh, male children. Which, that's a weird sentence. <laughs> <laughs> they tried. They tried to well, gender neutralize it. Is what you mean? They yeah, exactly. To... It, it, exactly. There was. There was. That's a good word to use. There was a neutrality in, in, in its in, in who it was speaking to in its audience. Yeah. And I think it was. It was a movie that that I think really spoke to to, to kids, especially young boys. Like, they were able to kind of get that princess movie experience without getting you know, Cinderella's long ass blonde hair slapped in their face every 10 minutes or or 
a bunch of songs. Again, this was kind of a deconstruction of what Disney was doing. And I don't think anybody cares. How many times do you guys hear Emperor's New Groove brought up outside of, like, animation Twitter? I'm going to be I honest. It, ha- it happens a lot. Like, people remember know. Emperor's New Groove fondly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still, like, at least, like, people that are our age. Like, it's not like a... Yeah, uh... but they remember it like their grandma. Like, oh, I remember when grandma used to take me to, to Steak and Shake. Like, yeah. it, it, like it, 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 they don't remember it like, hey, this is a great film. Here's the only thing I'll say about Emperor's New Groove. Um... Number one, this is this is weird because like we're talking about good movies, so I'm going to agree with you on a lot of this. But one thing I'll say about Emperor's New Groove is you got to take into account what they went through to put it together, because yep. it was uh, it was supposed to be like totally different film. It was supposed to be Kingdom of the Sun. It was like it was gonna have like so many Sting songs, like and like it was gonna be like a completely totally completely different, different thing. film yeah and yeah. then like they just kind of like the studio just kind of like yeah like we don't like any of this you got to start over and you don't have much time <laughs> <laughs> so like yep. it's put That's together exactly it's structurally put together different than anything they've ever done it's a looney tunes cartoon like to the very degree kind of yeah like yeah i don't know it's a great movie you won't hear me argue against it i do just think like yeah i it, appreciate you making sure i win this round <laughs> it, it, it got a lot it did it ended up getting a lot like a lot more than a lot of other Disney movies, I think. Like even though it's not my pick, it did get more than oh say the Great Mouse Detective. First off, that that movie doesn't deserve. <laughs> We're not gonna get. There's no Great Mouse Detective slander that's gonna happen on this podcast. Not while I'm around. We're not gonna. Nobody's gonna slander Radigan while I'm breathing. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> Let's move into Tariq's round. <laughs> Go ahead, Jordan. All right. So again, five minutes on the clock, Tariq. What, in your opinion? is the most underrated Disney movie, whenever you're ready. Uh, so for me, I'm going with um, the final 2D movie, uh, 2011's Winnie the Pooh. Uh, it's a, it's a, this is weird. Like, he, he laughed last time I said this. Because, like, we said it on the phone, because, like, just, like, my voice, like, saying, like, yeah, I love Winnie the Pooh. But yeah, I do. Tariq's, Tariq's deep-ass, 55-year-old-sounding voice going, yeah. So, most underrated Disney movie, Winnie the Pooh. Originally, I thought we were going to spend um, the entire podcast talking about these two films. So I watched it, like, an hour ago. Um, very short movie. Uh, I was going to say, enough time to watch it. Yeah, very short movie. The movie's maybe, like, 60... Three minutes or something like that and the credits are nine minutes so like it's a very 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 short dense film it's like you would think about like how short Dumbo is like it's a really really short film I picked 2011's Winnie the Pooh because I don't think people even know it exists like agreed the very degree of people think the princess and the frog was the last 2d Disney movie like to the very degree of like not knowing that this film even happened majority of that it's Disney's fault. Like, Disney... I don't know if you know when this movie came out, but 2011... Disney mismarketed the shit out of this movie. First and foremost, yes, they definitely mismarketed it. But first, like... When 2011's Winnie the Pooh came out the exact same day as Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. No, no, no I'm going to stop you right there. First off, how are those movies not exactly the same? I mean, Winnie the Pooh, Death of the Hallows Part 2, I don't see no difference. No, why, would you put, why would you put this low-budget Winnie the Pooh movie out the same day? And they fed, they fed Winnie the Pooh to the dogs. It came in number six at the box office, and I remember it because I was box office clocking the movie. I saw it three times in theaters to make sure it got its budget back. 
It cost thirty million to make. <laughs> <laughs> it cost thirty million to make. They made fifty million. So bad it did so bad, but it's so good and it's Three so minutes. clever. It's like it's an extremely clever movie. It breaks the fourth wall. The entire film to the point where like the fourth wall breaks are part of the story. And it's funny that me and Tyler ended up picking like the two fourth wallsy Disney movies. But like Yeah, that is true. Yeah. That's like this it's such a it's such like a clever movie. There's like it's it takes place in the storybook and like like characters are like walking on paragraphs, they're talking to the narrator. The narrator's like the best character in the movie. He's like if if Pooh doesn't understand something, narrators say like, Okay, then Pooh saw a note and then Pooh's like I did. He's like, Yeah, just look down and like he like messes with Pooh and Pooh has to like look around <laughs> to find a note. There's like a lot of like really wordsy humor. There's like there's like an entire like who's on first argument where like Rabbit like is trying to get Piglet to tie a knot and Piglet's like, I cannot knot. He's like, Oh, so you can knot. He's like, No, he's <laughs> like, not knot, what are you talking about? Like it's like I think the problem with Winnie the Pooh too was that it was it was so mismarketed, uh-huh. and I think Christopher Robin had the same problem. It Winnie the Pooh, I think, to people feels old fashioned, yes, like old Looney Tunes almost, yes, like it feels old and a little dated and aged. And they needed to market this movie to kids, and instead, I almost think they marketed it to their parents, which is a horrible idea for an animated film. Yeah, that's rated they kind of did the thing where it's like, all oh, your favorite characters they're back, just like how you left them, and it's like. I don't. Bro, know. I don't even know who this is. I'm six. Like that's a that's a fat yellow bear. Yeah, in a, in a, in a tiger. <laughs> Last thing I will say about the movie is that it's beautiful. Like it's like it's an it animated showcase. Animated. It's like an animated showcase in like the best sense of the word. Like if you watch this movie, all these different characters are animated by different animators. They all have different supervising animators. Like and they all move different. They all like have different feels and textures to them. If you really pay attention, like. Tigger might be... I always went back and forth as a kid. I always liked how Rabbit was animated in this movie. But, like, looking at it again, Rabbit's, like, really loose a little bit. He's he's animated by uh, Eric Goldberg, I believe, who did The Genie in Aladdin. And a lot of that comes through. But um, Tigger looks amazing. Like, he's he's always, like, jumping around. He does, like, these great facial expressions. And Pooh looks great, too. This is the movie that has, like... All, all of the Winnie the Pooh memes that you see on Twitter come from this movie. And it's weird because nobody saw it. Like, the, uh, the one yeah, where... Yeah, I don't think anybody... I will say this. I, I don't... I don't. The difference, I think, between Winnie the Pooh and Emperor's New Groove mm-hmm. is... I don't... Emperor's New Groove was not received critically quite as well as maybe I think it's aged. Whereas okay. critics fawned over Winnie the Pooh. Critics yeah. loved that shit. That, that, that's like, one thing it didn't have a problem with when it came out, was that everybody yeah, they, that Critics ate that movie up. Part of the thing reason I think that Emperor's New Groove is so underrated is because it was treated not quite as well as some of these other Disney movies. And okay. it maybe deserved better. If we can look back on it now with 2020 hindsight, that's a better film than critics gave it credit for. Winnie the Pooh, on the other hand, critics treated that like it was a second coming of Pooh Jesus. Kind of like, was, though, that, son. <laughs> like, like that, that movie... It's underrated, I think, in the sense that people didn't see it, but I don't think it's underrated in the respect that movie got. Okay. So it's like a thing where like everybody that saw it appreciated it for what it was. Exactly. I do yeah. I do agree with you there. I do just I feel like there was a lot more eyes on Emperor's New Groove. And like Emperor's New Groove got more eyes even even yep. like it got more eyes over time too. Like when Disney Pooh, put a lot of eggs in that marketing basket for Emperor's New Groove. Like they really pushed that on home video. They uh-huh. they really pushed that movie. 
Yeah, because like was, you would you would have thought that was Disney's last chance to survive. It's weird the way they because the both of the movies we're talking about are part of like the the uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios lexicon. It's not like Disney Tunes with like uh, a Goofy movie or the Ducktales movie or anything like that. This is like the yeah. main studio. To think that like right. in 2011, a movie from the main Disney studio grossed 50 million dollars. That's unheard of. Like, how like, they were just off like Princess and the Frog and Tangled. Tangled like is like the most expensive movie ever produced, <laughs> and it did so well. <laughs> like, and then they made this for thirty million dollars, and they they barely yeah. got it. They didn't even like double it. So like they broke even, but like I don't know. Basically, after marketing costs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on around to Jordan leads in. All right. So the next round is the most overrated. Disney movie. I'm excited for this one. Rather than underrated, we're talking about overrated. Which movie gets gassed up no. too much to the point no. where you just want to stop <laughs> hearing about it? <laughs> this is about to be a hilarious conversation. If the answer isn't frozen, you're wrong. All right, so oh, I'm ready for this. round two, we're going to start it off. Tyler, whenever you're ready. Yeah, let's People, do it, bro. I appreciate you putting me first because you know I'm the best, and I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Now, let me let me, let me me tell you what is, without a doubt, the most overrated Disney film. And I'm going to... I'm gonna, I feel very, very, very strongly about this, as Tariq already knows. (laughs) Zootopia is the most overrated Disney film I have ever seen. And it's not even a close contest. Let's talk about it. Zootopia, to me, first off, let me talk, let me say a couple things. Zootopia is not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's it's a beautiful film. It's got an incredible world. It's got fun characters. And then it just does everything wrong right away. (laughs) Like... This movie was super well received critically, I think in part because it was an animated film that was trying to say something important. It's because it's so overt. Exactly. It was trying to talk about something very important. I appreciate its message. The message of Utopia is so important. Prejudice, racism, that shit has no place. It has no place. And the fact that that Disney took the time to to present a, a, a huge budget picture to kids that teaches that message is very important to me. I think that in that way, Zootopia is great. I just think it is so mishandled mm-hmm. that it takes away from the quality of the film. First off, the first thing Zootopia gets wrong is it builds this incredible world. I was telling Tariq, I wish I could live in Tundra Land or Tundra Town or whatever it was called. The world of Zootopia is one of the most well-realized worlds I have ever seen in an animated film. Yes. And it squanders it. It doesn't spend enough time in it. It doesn't show us enough of it. It squanders that world. And instead, it chooses to focus on a little bunny cop and a little swindler fox. The feds. They do this. They do this because they want to send a very honest message, which is fox, bad, bunny, good, prejudice, bad. And it and that's, that's great. That's really important. Except the vehicle with which this movie uses to make those decisions, to articulate those things to its audience, is awful. First mm-hmm. off, the movie is utilizing policing yes, it is. <laughs> as a vehicle to tell a story about how racism is wrong. That, inherently and foundationally, is a flawed approach to this argument. You cannot tell kids that the vehicle by which you should view racism is policing. That is not okay. Not only is it not okay, but it inherently breaks down and deconstructs the point being made. If the point is racism is wrong, why are you using a vehicle that highlights that very issue? That This only it, works if it's an argument against like the police, wasn't it? Because like, exactly. the, the rabbit is like extremely like 
uh, prejudice, but she realizes that, like, her prejudice comes from, like, where she is, and she should also realize that the prejudice is in, like, the force, because, like, all, all those guys are, like, well, racist think, to her, too, so, like... Yeah, well, and I think, I think the funny thing about it is, is that there's two things going on here. I think, one, Judy Hopps is prejudiced from the moment the movie starts to the moment the movie ends, and I'm supposed yes. to root for her. She's supposed to be my hero, and that's fine. And if the point is, okay, people can grow, that's great. That's an excellent message. And Judy does grow. She gets better. She has an understanding. But it almost feels at times like a white savior film. Like, it, it almost feels Oh, like, the ending like, is really indicative of that. Yes. Yes. It almost feels like Judy is, 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 a, is, is a white vehicle through which to view a lens that maybe needs a darker tint. And it's and, and, and forget that even even if even if they were using the wrong vehicle to send this message, a, a an important message, I don't even think they send the message very well. I think it's so overt and it's so aggressive. There's a moment in the movie where uh, Nick calls Judy cute. Yes. And Judy says, y- y- "We don't use that word. You don't call me cute." It's like, yeah, we like, can we can say that, I'm but like, you can't. Yeah, we can say that, but you can't. I'm like, are you guys serious? Like, you are using. It's almost. It's almost insulting. Like, you're taking a racial slur that's clearly in place of the N-word, by the way. Clearly in place of that word. Uh-huh. And you're going to use the word cute to replace it as if to say... And then say something like, oh, we can say that, but you can't. Like, what? What are you trying to articulate? Like, like these... You're, you are not going to make the equivalency that that word is equal to the word cute in this world. I know we like, don't that, have that much time with it, but, like, we got to talk about the ending. Uh, yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> he becomes yes. a cop. That's like that's what like it, it, that's the worst part of this. And me yeah. and Tariq talked about this at length the other day. Nick becoming a cop is sending the message to kids that if you want to overcome racism, you be a police officer. It's like it, yeah, it's it, like the minority in order to feel safe and like to find needs himself, that power. He, yeah, you know it is. That's exactly what it does, and it's. I, yes. I didn't notice it until my friend pointed it out to me, and it blew my mind. Because I hadn't seen Zootopia in years. But, like, when they pointed it out to me, I was like, oh, this is nasty. Like, <laughs> yeah, it sends, a, it, it sends a message that as a minority, if you want to stop being treated like shit, become the people treating other people like shit. Like, that is the message it sends. That you need you need the power over other people to have the power for yourself. I think Zootopia was made by people that were really, like, not knowledgeable on the subject, and they were trying I, to I do a... I think the intention uh, is great. They were trying to do a, um, be the change that you want to see. That's what they were exactly. trying to do. Exactly, and, and, and let me be abundantly clear, the intention of this movie is great, right? Yeah, I, it's I pure. think this is an important message to get in front of kids, but it beats that message over the audience's head so much that it loses its nuance, Right, the, the good films thematically, um, especially when you're talking about films aimed at a younger audience, you should be able to miss the thematic content and just enjoy the the film. Right, when when you're beaten over the head with an idea, it's it, 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 if you're not under if you're a kid, you're 13, 14 years old, you just start to think, oh, this is fucking, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Right, like, I, oh, I get it, I get it, racism, racism, bad, but like, no, it really is bad. <laughs> like, no, this stuff really is bad. And by beating kids over the head with it, you're not making them think, okay, racism, bad. You're making them think, ha ha ha, get it, racism, bad. Like, it becomes this thing where it's like, it's being shoved down their throat, and there's there's almost this like, like enough. I attitude. think I think the problem kind of comes in with a lot of people that the film kind of weaves the prejudice so deeply into the narrative. Like if this was yeah, something I, yeah. that existed 
within the planes of this universe and we saw it happen uh, occasionally, it would kind of be a little different. We would just say, oh, this movie's really smart. But the movie tells a prejudice story. Like, the yep. story is about prejudice. It is about the police force. Is what it's, is what it's about. It's about like corrupt government because of like the villain. Like it's really weird. Like they like it's it's it, it's and it's just it's just it's just and I, I'm gonna keep saying this because I, I, I it's so important. It is so important for kids to see stories yes, about these things. Absolutely, but you shouldn't. It shouldn't be. You're confusing them. Like I said it to I said it to Tariq. Like if I if I were to tell my kid one day like, hey like. You know, be careful when you call nine one one. Don't put yourself in a bad situation. And then I show them a movie about a bunny cop. They're gonna be like, "But daddy, what if the bunny comes?" Like it's like, like you're you're sending really weird messages about these these two things, especially now the conversation about policing and racism. They are two important and nuanced conversations. When you try to combine them, you're muddying both of them. Mm. That's a really and good you're point. muddying them to an audience that needs them articulated more clearly. That's a that really is good not point. old enough and is not experienced enough to separate those conversations. So you are watering down what's really important. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'm over time. Well, well, I'm sure I'm over time. Okay. <laughs> me and Jordan, me and Jordan were saying too, like you can't give. And me and Tariq talked about it, you can't give Zootopia a sequel now. It can't like, do it. I don't want to see it. I don't want it. I don't yeah. want to see it. I can't. There's two in development. They're developing two and three simultaneously. Don't make it. They gotta stop. I don't. I don't know how they. If you're still a cop, you gotta it. stop it. I don't want to see it. Do you, do you think it's gonna be like uh like there's gonna be injustice and they have to fight with the uh the the public to protest against the cops? Man, if they make if they make the hate you give with, but with foxes, I'm gonna throw up. I'm gonna vomit. I don't want to see it. <laughs> it's gonna be called the the fur you give. It's coming to theaters at the end of next year. Max. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh. Whatever makes Disney Disney it's a thing I say all the time. Uh, it kind of reminded me of this. Pixar can't drop Soul, right? Like, they can't put that movie out where the black guy dies in the beginning and spends the rest of the movie as a booger. Like, you can't put that movie out. So like, they gotta that... read the room. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that the plot? Is that, like, confirmed? He yeah, dies uh, in the trailer. Yeah, yeah he, he does. Uh, <laughs> he falls in a sewer, opening open sewer hole, and then he becomes a spirit in the afterlife, and then some other spirit inhabits his body. I don't know. It's some. It, I mean, it looked cool originally, but I don't know if it's a little it's probably a little tone deaf. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, little, little tone deaf. Uh, yeah, lead us into Tariq's round. All right, Tariq. Now it's your chance. Five minutes on the clock. All right, unless you need to go over. Uh, I love Tariq's <laughs> argument, by the way. Uh, so now you have to go with your overrated Disney film, the most overrated Disney film of all time, in your opinion. Whenever you're ready, jump into it. Cool. Um, so this is a this is a theory that I've developed um, for a while now, <laughs> actually. Um, I say it at the end of the Home on a Range video, but to repeat it in longer form, I'm going with The Little Mermaid. And I'm going with The Little Mermaid because The Little Mermaid well, the is a movie. Best reasons ever. <laughs> the Little Mermaid is a very, very important movie, by the way. It's extremely important in a lot of ways, techni- uh, technological ways, and just like rebirthing Disney animation as a whole. Even though Roger Rabbit kind of, I don't know. It's really, it's really it's interesting to talk about in general. But The Little Mermaid is a movie about a white girl who puts her entire hood in jeopardy because she meets a white guy <laughs> And so she sells her voice and puts her entire hood in jeopardy just so she can get legs so she can be with him, but she can't even talk to him. And then, like, (laughs) 
she 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 doesn't even apologize when everything starts to come down and everybody's in trouble because of her because of her selfish actions for this guy that she doesn't even know everybody is in danger her entire family her entire kingdom is in danger because of her and then she doesn't she doesn't apologize and then she still gets the guy at the end she still gets legs she still gets to 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 kiss him and it is a rainbow and 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 and, uh, <laughs> and the and the ship pulls off, and it's just it's so bad. When you're making a movie, right? The you have to make sure, if anything, that we understand your main character. Like that's it's so important that the character that we're spending most of our time with, regardless if we agree with them or not, we understand where they're coming from. Every single problem that happens in The Little Mermaid is Ariel's fault. Every single one. There isn't a thing that happens in that movie that's caused by someone else. If she wasn't doing anything that she was doing at any point in that movie, none of that stuff would have happened and everybody would have lived a normal life. This isn't like a, oh, you know, I just want to explore and no one, no one understands me. You don't know him, sis. Like, he's just like <laughs> some suave white dude named Eric. I don't even know anything about him. You just kind of see him and you're like, you know what? I want to spend the rest of my life with him. Give me legs so I can walk up to him and not say anything to him. It's so, uh, it's You so- know, I never thought about this. I never thought about this. But it is worth pointing out that from a narrative perspective... The Little Mermaid is maybe the weakest in terms of, of all so the princess bad. movies. At least with Aladdin, or if you look at Beauty and the Beast, there it feels like there's a growth in relationship between the princess and the prince. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm really thinking about it, there really isn't in The Little Mermaid. She can't Eric has talk no to defining him. characteristics. They don't speak to each other. They're just no. Hot. Like yes. that's that's it. And I didn't really consider that until just now. I hadn't thought about the fact that. Not only – I understand the pursuit of legs. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, that's starring Will Smith. I li- uh, yeah, I like legs. Um, that's fine. But I never considered the fact that, you know, maybe she was just trying to get laid. I don't really know. Like what I, – I, I guess I never thought about the fact that I, – I understand that Ariel is romanticizing Eric because, you know, dude has legs. But at the same time, are there not other eligible mermaid bachelors? Like, do they but he's different. It? His name's Eric, and he has legs. The fact so, is, okay, is that he is—he is the first human that he that she lays her she eyes sees, on. Yeah. So, like, who's to say if I didn't go out there, Ariel would have put a hood in jeopardy for me? Like, you know, like she just Listen, saw somebody. You know what I mean? Like, she would have. There's no connection there there's no like you know what i have like we connected on this this that we looked at each other i have to go see you now it's so the only thing i understand about ariel's motivations is that she actually when you really think about it ariel kind of sucks yeah she's bad she's really bad well because her only her main complaint is that i'm a princess i have all this shit like she sings a whole song about all the shit she has and it's still not enough no like she has so much shit yeah, like she sings a whole song. Like, uh, look at look at my shit. Isn't it great? Like, she sings a whole song. Oh, that's my favorite Disney song. <laughs> it's a great and song. Like, the music is phenomenal. She, <laughs> yes, but but then but then her whole complaint is like, I have so much stuff, and and I just now I want other stuff. Like that is a, that is not exactly a valuable lesson. <laughs> no, like there is no moral 
stance that this movie takes either. At least with no. a lot of the princess movies like Cinderella and Beauty and the Beast, I think there are messages. Beauty and the Beast is like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, you know, don't be vain. Cinderella is, is you know, anybody can be a princess. It doesn't matter the cards you're handed, you're beautiful, blah, 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 blah. Little Mermaid is just like, yo, appreciate your legs. Little Mermaid can be, <laughs> Little Mermaid could be a narrative about not being selfish. This is what happens when you're selfish and you don't think but about she wins. other people. But, but she, she wins. But she yeah. wins. And that's why it's narratively broken. Like, it's She like, gets legs and her voice. It's so broken. It's like really a broken film. <laughs> And like, yeah, yeah. She, she's 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 poorly motivated by superficial, um, superficial pursuits, and then she she succeeds and she gets a superficial suit. Everybody's happy, right? And, and it's, she's it, friends it's, with a crab and a fish. Yep, yeah. she does. She makes friends with a crab and a fish. That's crazy too. And it's like That's crazy. It's it's held to this pedestal because of what it did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it came out. The at music, a time. I think, really carries that film. The too. music too, uh, and like it yeah. is an extremely important movie. We wouldn't be where we are in animation without it. Like, and it's it's an extremely. It is. I will say this: it's a really fun movie to watch, and I think Zootopia shares this. Well, two different problems. It's a really fun movie to watch, but I don't think Little Mermaid has any substance. Whereas Zootopia is a fun movie to watch, but its substance is flawed. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think those are, they're both good films in a lot of ways, but uh-huh. but they're, they're, they're flawed in almost juxtaposing ways. Whereas I think The Little Mermaid is, is mean. You can watch The Little Mermaid and take literally nothing from it. Whereas Zootopia, you watch Zootopia and maybe you take the wrong things from it. And in that way, I think they're, they're, they're kind of the same. In other ways, I think I don't want to watch The Little Mermaid now. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Every time I say this theory, like I have, a, I have a lot of like really weird crack theories that like people don't necessarily agree with, and they'll just kind of go, "Ah, I kind of hear you, but whatever, bro." This every single time I've said this, I've always gotten the same reaction. They're like, "Oh, wait a minute, yeah, I don't think I want to watch this anymore." <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, ruining the Little not Mermaid. Not even the 3D Blu-ray copy. No, absolutely. I not. forgot they re-released Little Mermaid. Um, in 3D, along oh, they with Lion did. King. Oh, and Beauty and the Beast got the 3D re-release too. Weird oh, times, yeah. weird yeah. times. Anyways, lead us into to round three, Jordan. All right, so round three. All right, we've had our underrated, we've had our overrated, but what about the fun topic that everyone's been waiting for? What is <laughs> the best Disney villain? So if you if you don't know Disney. Always used to, used to have some some of the craziest eccentric villains out there, from Cruella Deville to whoever the bad guy is. In, in, you, uh, you had nowhere to go with that. <laughs> whoever the bad guy is in Little Mermaid. Started that sentence. Um, and... Whoever the so, bad guy is in Little Mermaid is so funny, and it's going to be really funny in thirty seconds. It's going to be really funny in thirty. <laughs> Perfect. Seconds. So we're going to start this off. Uh, let's switch things up. Let's put no. Tariq first. Oh, so it's not going to be really funny in 30 seconds. It's, it'll be funny in five minutes. Yeah. Funny. No, it'll be funny in five minutes. See, you didn't see that one come. Always <laughs> keeping everyone on their toes. All right. Yeah. Round three, best Disney villain. Tariq, start it off when you're ready. All right. So when we came up with this, when we came up um, that we were going to talk about the villains last, I immediately said that I was going to talk about Dr. Facilia from The Princess and the Frog. Uh, really cool villain. Really great villain. Great song. Um, motivation is pretty weak, but he has a great presence. He's animated extremely well by Bruce W. Smith. All his movements are really eccentric. But um, Tyler doesn't know what he did when he started talking about the Emperor's <laughs> New Groove. So I'm going with Yzma, actually. Yzma <laughs> is so good. And I have absolutely no argument for this, but I'm going to try to talk my way into it. Yzma is beautifully voiced by Eartha Kitt, by the way. 
like brilliant, brilliant voice performance. Uh, she does really well in the animated series too. She brings all of the the exact same energy. Isma has like this really like big presence to her, right? And like it's one of those things where her the movie itself exists in its own world, its own universe, and it's extremely um, it's extremely cartoony in its nature. And like Isma is just like she's like Wally e. Coyote. Like she like she like <laughs> takes like so much damage throughout the film and like so many things like happen to her and she's like she's so quick, she's so clever and like it it gets to the point sometimes, especially you get this in the animated series a lot, but like it gets to the point where like sometimes she's so delightfully great that you feel bad for her. Like you almost go against Cusco. Like sometime because she's just like she's yeah, so great she's so great to be around and she's so great to like hear from every single thing she says and she does all the movements every single thing is just it's put together so well i think i think too like if you get rid of yzma like and like maybe change it with someone else the emperor's new groove isn't even like a movie anymore like nope she's really like essential to like making that movie what it is and, like, um, creating that balance and creating that dynamic and turning it into, like, this really bombastic Looney Tunes kind of format. Um, yeah, and she's... Her, uh, uh, Eartha Kitt and Patrick Warburton are, like... It's, like, the wildest duo. But, like, it's just... It's, it's so good. Like, hearing them, like, go back and forth, it's just, it's just all... It's... I don't know, man. I feel like I, I feel like I'm walking myself into a corner by even arguing this because <laughs> I feel like I'm 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 helping Tyler's first argument out a little bit by even doing this. But like yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I'm I'm just saying like yeah, exactly. So that movie's great. This this whole conversation, <laughs> I think I said this already, but this whole conversation is not me saying, oh my god, the Emperor's New Groove is a bad. Emperor's New Groove is the funniest Disney movie. Put the film. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. There's no, there's no argument. I don't want to hear. Oh, you know Aladdin? No. It's okay though. It's okay that you think it's Aladdin, but just know that you're wrong. You're like objectively wrong. It's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm gonna keep it real. I think Isma's. I think Isma's a good villain. I just think um, part of my small problem with Isma mm-hmm. is that she is kind of a shitty villain. Like. Isma's not exactly. She's not good at what she uh, does. <laughs> she's horrible at what she does. Like, I think that's what Yzma makes it so good. <laughs> yeah, but Isma's like the least menacing Disney villain I could possibly imagine. Like without Kronk, she wouldn't even survive. Like Yzma... Cusco. That was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Is that Jordan? Thank you. Can you do? Uh, was... Can you do Peter? Hey, Peter. Isma <laughs> <laughs> is yeah. like. Uh, she's like aside from the she villain from uh, aside from the villain from um, Meet the Robinsons, Isma is the closest thing that a Disney movie has to Doctor Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. That's true. That's true. That's true. Lead us, lead us into the next one, Jordan. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. So now it's your turn for the best Disney villain. I just want to say while thinking of it, I, I remember that it's it's Ursula for Little Mermaid. So I'm not completely an idiot for not remembering that but like speaking also, of ursula from little mermaid 
So go ahead, best she Disney villain. She is the best Disney villain. Let's hear why then, because I'm sorry I'm already hurting your argument by having forgot her five minutes ago. So. <laughs> Let me talk about why. Ursula is, first off, maybe she's right, number one. Um, especially Tariq really laid it out great. I mean, maybe Ariel deserved to like get a teeth kicked in a little bit. So, you know, thank you, Tariq, for, for making that point very clear. <laughs> no problem. But I think Ursula, for me, is such a great Disney villain because she's truly terrifying. Like, Ursula is probably the most menacing-looking Disney villain, I would argue. I don't think there's a Disney villain that's more, I don't know, visually horrifying. Like, she's a, a giant purple squid thing with boobs which is really scary <laughs> like but she she's recognizable in, in feature um but like really horrifyingly um kind of manipulated body wise to look like something much more scary um which i think is a really great thing to do with villains in general it's what the guillermo del toro does really well which is create villains that 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 are in some ways visually reminiscent of things we recognize on a daily basis ursula has the features of a woman um you know that boob comment was not just a comment like hey boobs that boob comment was important because she she just looks uh, from the waist up like a like a large lady um a voluptuous lady and then and then she's not from that 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 way up and then she's nightmare fuel and that's really incredible, and especially at the end of the movie, with the lightning coming down on her. I mean, visually, she is just um, disgusting. And then you take the voice acting. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing Corella for a minute, because, you know, she turns puppies into coats. I forgot we had a whole conversation about yeah. Corella. <laughs> Which is horrible. But, like, Ursula, Ursula's motivations are very clear. Very, yes. very clear. She wants youth and the sound beautiful and it, it, she's she's very precisely motivated and it's very well articulated to us why she's doing what she's doing and it's very personal feeling it feels like unlike something like Isma Isma wants to be to be queen and it doesn't matter it wouldn't be just, if it was anybody but Cusco she'd be doing the same thing but Ursula wants something very particular for one person and that feels like that person could be you and that's horrifying because mm-hmm. Little Mermaid is just a redheaded girl. Cusco's a, a pompous king. He's, or Ursula feels like she could be coming for you, Nate. If you get in the water, you swim too deep, there's Ursula about to take your voice. Okay. That's horrifying. On top of all of that, I honestly believe that Ursula's manipulation throughout that movie is much more believable than a lot of Disney villains. Yeah, it's really A1. Yeah, like she... That. Yeah, she's well written. She, you believe the process by which she does things. She sees an opportunity and like a really horrifying con man takes advantage through manipulation yes. of this young girl. That's scary. Like she doesn't have somebody locked up in a tower with eight feet long hair. She just took one chick that can sing really good and went, "I want you," and that's messed up. Like that is, that is nightmare fuel for kids. It also helps that I think Ursula's. It sounds weird to say, but honestly, as a kid, Ursula being in the water is 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 kind of scary. Like, if she was, like, a land villain, <laughs> I guess you could call it, like, a villain that walked around on land, you, you might be able to disassociate it as real. But when you get in the water when you're a kid after seeing Little Mermaid, in the back of your head, it's like, oh, like, what's under there? Yeah, she, got that, <laughs> she got that squid thing going on, son. Exactly. Like, what's under there? And that, that, that to me... She's almost too good of a villain. I was horrified of her when I was little. There's a, 
there's a show um, at at Disney, and that 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 messed me up. Like Ursula really messed me up. But that's that's my vote. Anyways, Tariq, you got any counter? You good? Did I, nah, did I kill it? I think I think my uh, my thing is just like you notice how the entire time I ranted and uh, not ranted and raved. I just ranted about the Little Mermaid. It was. I didn't say the villain's name once because the villain is, aside from like the music, the villain is the best part of the film. I think we might have taken, not might have, I think we've taken two different routes as to um, who Mm -hmm. we deemed as like a better villain. And I don't think you're wrong in any way. I think you picked Ursula because of how menacing she is. And to a degree, that's what a villain is supposed to be, right? Like a villain is supposed to scare you, you're supposed to fear for the main character and all of the protagonists or all the supporting cast in the film or whatever. You're supposed to feel that fear. So I definitely get why you said that. I think the only reason I went with Yzma is because out of all the Disney villains, all the villains that they've ever put the film, Yzma is the one that I've enjoyed on screen the most. Like, she is the one where I feel as though this this is an extreme... This is like... It's crazy because all these other villains have, like... They do have, like... Some have more defined motivations right some have deeper past or something like that right but Isma is the one that feels whole Isma is the one where if you put her in a room by herself in a blank room just by herself she can entertain she can do something yeah. like she yeah. she leaps off of the page kind of thing um yeah so nah yeah, I don't think you won't. You won't even. You won't hear any arguments from me about Ursula. <laughs> now, if you if you would have said like if you would have said like Clayton from Tarzan, you probably would have gotten an argument <laughs> yeah, out of me. But I don't even know his name's Clayton. I don't uh, either. So, anyways, that's that, time that's, on that. That's time on that. So uh, now we're gonna go into panic time, where you're going to have a few minutes here to defend all your points. Your underrated Disney movie, your overrated Disney movie, and your best Disney villain. I also uh, want to point out that when I was a kid, uh, Ursula creeped me out to the point where I, I that's why I probably blocked her out of my mind. I, I, it's just hard for me to, to stand <laughs> Ursula. I don't know why. It just freaks me out. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought that was worth pointing out. So, uh, Tyler, when you're ready, start I'm off ready. Uh, your panic time. No interruptions on this. Just defend your points whenever you're ready. I'm ready. I think I think I think one one place where me and Sarika tied is probably in the most underrated Disney movie. I think we're just looking at it differently. Like for yeah, me, yeah. Emperor's New Groove is is the most underrated Disney movie because I think it wasn't quite as appreciated when it released and still quite isn't now, especially critically. I don't think people respected that movie as much as it maybe deserved the respect. Whereas I think with Tariq I think Winnie the Pooh got that respect. It just no one saw it to respect it. Right. <laughs> so I think those are two different conversations. I do think our overrated Disney movie, I think that Zootopia, uh, I agree with with his assessment of Little Mermaid, but I do think that Zootopia's, Zootopia's almost harmfully overrated. Okay. Like I think Zootopia is, is given a pass because it, it talks about real issues in a kid's movie, which is really important. And no one's really stopped to think if it does that well. And I think that we've treated a movie that even if you remove all of that, Zootopia is really just a good movie. Like, even if you remove all of its messaging and thematic content, it's still just kind of good, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like – it's 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 fun. Its characters are, 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 are good enough. It's it's believable enough. But it is still in many ways – it's a very predictable film. It's, 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 it's rife with cliches. But it's okay. It's, it's good. It, it doesn't utilize its world quite as well as it should – 
But Zootopia isn't just overrated in that way, but it gets a pass for being something that it isn't even great at being. And that's my problem with Zootopia. Hmm. And for the best Disney villain, I think Ursula was just... That was a really easy choice for me. I mean, it's it, 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 she... I mean, I, I, I wavered a little bit because Corella DeVille is doing some real disgusting stuff. <laughs> like, taking puppies and killing those things. It's not cool. Um, especially when you've got 100 of them. That's real messed up. That's like 100 animal abuse cases. Um, but, no, I mean, Ursula is just... I think Ursula, from a, a sheer filmic perspective, is, is one of the best and most well-written villains in, in Disney's catalog. Um, specifically with how you motivate a villain, which is something I talk about a lot. Motivating your antagonist in films is the number one step to making sure you're creating a good villain. Your villain mm-hmm. can be scary. Your villain can be uh, funny. They can be harsh. They can be violent. But if you don't understand why they're behaving the way they are, if you don't understand why their goal is what it is, you're not going to care about them. And they're not going to be anything you think about in a week. Um, and I think Disney really nailed that with uh, Ursula. It's arguable they did it with, with Emperor's New Groove, too. I just think Yzma's so terrible at her job <laughs> that it's hard for me to, to even... Like, I you always knew at the end of the movie that, like, Yzma was going to fail. Like, she, she, she made so many mistakes along the way that you knew there was just... There was no way. But, yeah, that's it. That's it for my panic time. Panic time out. All right. Tariq, you are up. Whenever you're ready, defend your points. All right. So I think the interesting thing about this episode is like it's it's like it's like a 180 from the last episode because like by the time like we got to our closing arguments, like I was like we were like screaming like at each other like why do you think <laughs> you can't DMX can't be Blade like what's wrong with you hair paranoid you insane but now, <laughs> I think or because the thing about. Uh, even most definitely our underrated films is that we're both talking about really, really great films. Like some of the best things that they've um, put the screen. And I do think, like you said, I do think that we looked at the underrated argument a little differently because you're right. I haven't all the, the small amount of people that I've seen that have seen 2011's Winnie the Pooh. I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about it. The most I hear people say is that maybe the ending maybe is a little too abrupt or something like that. But, like, you know, everything else, it is really... It really is a gorgeous, phenomenal film. But I think even, like, the little amount of people that knew it was coming out, because Disney definitely fed it to the dogs. I think the the, the people that, like, looked at it and saw that this was coming out and saw the trailers wrote it off and thought it was just a cute pool movie, which is what it is, but it's also extremely clever and it's hilarious and it's, like... It's so beautiful. Like, just looking at these characters, like, glide across the screen. It's like, watching it this morning, like, it, like, blew my mind just how much of a love letter that movie is to 2D animation. There's no there's no shading. There's no, like, bold color choices. These are just, like, it's just the pencil. Like, it's so, it's so sincere in, like, what it's trying to do. And I think the fact that people wrote it off so quickly is... Um, it's kind of why I feel like it was it was um, underrated. As far as as far as overrated, I don't disagree with Tyler one bit. Like even in talking about Zootopia <laughs> more, Zootopia really is a film that I like. What you said, where you said that it gets credit for something that it isn't, because it, when you think about it, heavily, I think what what Zootopia is, Zootopia may have been produced as a a starting conversation, like a conversation starter for um, yep. 
these kind of issues. And I don't know much about the production of Zootopia, but I don't know how many people of color were in the room um, when they were putting this together just because of sort of like the implications of a lot of this stuff. And like, I feel like when I saw Zootopia, I picked on, I picked up on different things that I felt were really, really clever. And, um, and looking at it now as an adult, cause Zootopia came, I was in high school when Zootopia came out. So looking at it now, like as an adult and like seeing just like the implications of like, even the ending, like when I heard, when like my friend told me like what the ending meant, like it like, it made me. Th- I'm like, okay, this is a bad movie now. Like, it made me say, like, oh, this is a bad movie. Like, I can't yeah. even. I can't even. Yeah. You know. But I think, as far as the Little Mermaid, I think my point with the Little Mermaid is just that it just gets so much. It gets so much credit. It's like this really beautiful film that like tells this story and is really sincere and it's heartfelt and it's put up as this pedestal. As this people that have Ariel as their favorite princess. But she's the one with, like, the biggest moral ambiguities. Like, she's... She's... Low-key, she's a bad person. Like, she, like... She's bad to everyone. She puts everyone in danger. And, like, that's not... That's not... That's not how you put together, like, a main character. And I don't think people really pay attention to that. I don't think people really pay attention to the implications of, like, everything that she does. And, like... They just kind of hail this movie because it is what it always has been. There's no um, objectively looking at The Little Mermaid at a certain point because of all that it did. And I don't think that's fair. I think, like, it should be it should be judged in a way as, like, it sure was the stepping stone. But everything that came out of it, every character at least had clear motivations. You understand Aladdin. You understand, like, you understand... Um, the characters in like the rescue is down under you understand bell you understand the beast like you understand all of these characters but ariel just like is like spending the entire film complaining about nothing <laughs> yeah. she's like she's like she's like mermaid caillou like she's like she just complains about nothing the whole time um she's bald yeah just t- <laughs> shave the red hair off just do it just <laughs> um and as far as the villain um yeah i feel like we looked at it we, we again we looked at it um two different ways. I just think Yzma is just so delightful um, in everything that she does. She's not menacing, but at the same time, she's not trying to be. And even in the sense of, like, her not being good at what she does, I think it helps that, like, she's so adamant. Like, she's so... It's like Peggy Hill. You ever notice how Peggy Hill is really confident in everything that she does, but she's terrible at everything. She can't speak Spanish. She's not a good substitute teacher. Like, it's like Peggy Hill. Like, Yzma is Peggy Dang Hill. Dang it, Peggy. And that's my argument. Yzma is Peggy Hill. <laughs> so now... Now, we've, we've, Dang we're it, at the Peggy. point now where, where Jordan steps in. Um, so, for those of you that don't know what's about to happen next... Um, you guys still vote on the winner on the, on the Patreon. You guys vote for the winner. You guys decide the standings. You guys decide the win loss records for each of us. You guys decide the outcome for every episode and how many points each of us get to move into the playoffs at the end of the season. But at the end of each episode, we like to have, you know, kind of the host to be, be, be a judge, make their choice. It means nothing. It has no impact on anything. Your vote is what matters, but you know, we like to, we like to get whoever's hosting that day involved. <laughs> yeah, I'm worthless. Um, so yeah, Jordan, you got to pick a winner for today. Who you feel? All right, so I'm going to go by 
point by point here, all right? So with the underrated Disney movie, uh, with this, for me, it's it's going to have to be uh, Emperor's New Groove. Okay. Um, I, I absolutely love that film, and I think it deserves more love. Um, besides it being the funniest, it's it's just such a charming movie, and I feel like not a lot of people really talk about it in the big, grander Disney conversation. Uh, as far as overrated, this one was this one was interesting because before, when you started off with Little Mermaid, I was like, I was like, interesting. But you 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 did have some really good points in there that are making me rethink that entire film. Um, so kudos to that. Uh, I still think maybe Zootopia then because of the social aspects into it and, and how right. it really doesn't understand what it's trying to say, I think is really important mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to look at. So I'm going to go with that one as the overrated Disney movie. But for best Disney villain, I am going to choose Yzma because hey. I think hey, I Yzma... I still think Isma is. She kind of reminds me of like a, like a Jesse from Pokemon. She's not inherently the best like super villain, but she's charming and and has her has her own aspects that make her a very likable character on screen as a villain as as the antagonist. So I, I really like Isma, and I, I I I hate Ursula with all my guts. I, I can't stand looking at her. I don't want to deal with her. I don't even watch Little Mermaid now because of Tariq, so I don't have to ever see her again. So, uh, sorry, that that's just how it's going to be. So, good good choices overall, but those are my picks. Again, they, they're worthless. They don't matter in the long run. You guys have to vote for it on the Patreon. And, so let's, yeah. uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So, um, yeah, so how do you vote? Well, if you're on the Nerdstalgic Patreon, um, you get voting access no matter what tier you're on. As long as you're a member of the Nerdstalgic Patreon, you get voting access. You also get two weeks early access to each of the Film Panic episodes, so keep that in mind as well. Right now, as of right now, Tariq, in my last episode, the voting is going to close. Um, I think I, uh, I took home the win on the recast of the Avengers. Oh, man. Um, by only a little bit, though. By only a little bit. <laughs> I, I got to tally up the points so that, because it's a, a, every week we get points based on the percentage of the vote. So if I get 35% of the votes, I get 35 points leading into the playoffs. If Tariq gets 50, he gets 50% of the votes, blah, 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 blah. And so at the end, that's how we bracket things out. I think I took the dub on that one. I need to check the points, though. Um, so yeah, go vote if if you think Tariq's uh, Tariq won this won this episode. Go and vote for Tariq. If you think I did, go and vote for me. If you're listening on podcast services, just kind of enjoy the episode. We're just glad you're listening. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so now now time for a little bit of uh, housekeeping stuff. Um, first bit of housekeeping stuff. Uh, Tariq, you got anything coming out, man? Uh, yeah, I have, I started the episode with it, but I have been marathoning Brace Face. Um, for this big brace phase retrospective that I've wanted to do for a really long time. <laughs> um, it's going to be really fun. There's a lot of things that I want to do with it that's going to like make it kind of like a return to form. A lot of people really like that as told by Ginger video that I did. And it's going to be kind of reminiscent of that in a lot of ways. Um, it's a collaboration. I'm doing it with um, Offbeat Kiki, who does who did a different as told by Ginger video, who did it before I did, and their video is longer. And I always kind of felt bad that I beat them out in views. So you know what? We're going to do Brace Face <laughs> together, and this is going to be really fun. Um, and, yeah, Brace Face is happening. I got, like, a really big project planned at the end of August that I don't think I can talk about just yet, but it's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, You can find him at Terrific Tariq 
Um, make sure you let people know where they can find you. That's that's yeah. on YouTube and then on Twitter too. Um, if you want to follow Tariq, uh, Jordan, you're doing pickle. You want to talk about pickle for a second? Yeah, I do a channel called Pickle. I kind of talk about different pop culture TV shows and, and other stuff that uh, that I enjoy. Uh, stuff like Ed, Ed and Eddie and Ren and Stimpy's Adult Party cartoon and yeah, stuff along those lines. All growing up from Rugrats. Okay, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Jordan's like, man, I don't know. You guys aren't gonna go anyways. I'm like, I'll just give you like half the pitch. You know, just, just I mean, <laughs> but am I wrong? No, it's true. He's uh, he's got a lot of stuff on there. He's he's talked about Aqua Teen Hunger Force recently. Um, Wild Thorn Bears, like he said. Uh, we got what do you got coming up, Jordan? A lot of stuff. Like good. Yeah, stuff? I guess I got some interesting things playing around with uh, what I want to talk about. Some beautiful. interesting stuff coming. There we go. And you can find me at Nerdstalgic on Twitter, at NerdstalgicYT, or no, at NerdstalgicYT on Twitter, at Nerdstalgic on YouTube. Um, I don't know what's going to come out by the time you see this. I will say I'm finally making the Hey Arnold video. Hey. It's, it's done. It just it's seems been in your, It's been in your header <laughs> for a year. Since I met you. <laughs> it, just, it just needs the audio work now, so that's actually going to happen. And don't worry, for those of you sitting here wondering, yes, I am going to talk about the episode where Mr. Wynn gets his daughter back. Um. So, what yeah. about the one where he becomes a country singer? No, nope, so like, good. I'm not, I'm not talking about that one. That was so good. <laughs> yeah. No, I also want to talk about Fresh Prince, but I'm gonna have to. I don't know. I will uh, say you had that. You had that poll on Twitter, and it's like, oh, which one do you guys want to talk? Not help what, at all. what do you want? You guys want to hear me talk about? And um, <laughs> I, I said, I said, I dare you to guess which one that I picked. We had just <laughs> talked about it too. We just talked about it yeah i, I put up a, tw- a poll of like 10 things we had just talked about family guy you know <laughs> i guess which one i'm like uh anything but family guy and it didn't work out but yeah. that poll didn't that poll didn't help either i put up 10 things in two different polls and all of them have like 25 percent of the vote so yeah, that was that's even great great guys that was very helpful thanks <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i know better than ever what you guys want to see i guess uh, you anyways, them all, son. <laughs> exactly anyways um yeah we'll see you guys uh next week in the next episode of film pad we'll see you there yep goodbye <laughs>